from Luke 1, verses 26 through 38. The subtitle of this section of scripture is The Birth of Jesus Foretold. I invite you to listen for the word of God for you in this gospel scripture today. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me once more? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In our scripture today from Luke, an angel comes to Mary to tell her amazing news. She has been chosen by God to become the mother of God's son. Now, I think we can all probably resonate with Mary's initial disbelief at this news, to which the angel replies, nothing will be impossible with God. There are all kinds of impossible situations that we find ourselves in all the time. Some of them are very personal to us, and some of them are more universal. How can we work towards peace in our communities? It seems impossible. What can we do to ensure that there is enough food to eat and a safe, warm place to stay for everyone? That seems impossible. When might we work to bring about the kingdom of God here on earth? Also, seemingly impossible. 
In our younger years, there were perhaps more practical and even ordinary issues that seemed impossible in our lives. Do you remember what it was like to be a child not knowing yet how to ride a two-wheeled bicycle on your own? There was a time that seemed impossible. I remember when my children were first learning how to ride bikes, it was such an exciting time for them. They loved racing up and down the street. They had those lovely big girl bikes that came in bright colors of fuchsia and lime green. They thought they were the coolest kids on the block. And they loved to go up and down the sidewalk in front of our house, very safely, of course, with their training wheels on. Well, it became a different story when it was time for them to finally have the training wheels off and learn how to ride on their own. My older daughter, Hannah, was about five years old when she was at that point. She had been trying for a while really hard to learn how to ride her bike, and she just couldn't get it. There were days of many tears and scraped elbows and knees. She was so frustrated. Well, on this particular day, I was thinking, we're getting really close. I think this has got to be it. And she had tried several times, but still wasn't able to do it. And so finally, I was running behind her, holding onto the seat, and she gained some confidence. She gained some speed. I thought, this is it. I let go, and she rode her bike, and it was glorious for about three seconds. And then inevitably she realized no one was holding on. She wobbled and she fell over. Now the good news is she fell on some grass, so at least her fall was cushioned. But the bad news is she was mad. This is so hard. Why is this so hard? Why can't I get this? It seems so easy for everyone else. She was ready to quit. But I went to her and held her and helped her to calm down. And I said, Hannah, let's just try one more time. And if you still can't get it, we'll take a break. OK, she said. She picked up her bike and threw her leg over it. Standing over it, she kind of hunched down over the handlebars, and she looked straight ahead with this look of determination that we have seen endless times since then, and our family has come to call fierce. Let's go, she said. So I began running with her. She began pedaling. Her confidence increased. Her speed increased. I let go, and she rode her bike all the way down to the end of the block. Nothing is impossible with God. In Luke's Gospel, just before the scripture that we read today, another seemingly impossible angel visitation takes place. And we've been talking about this in our sermon series in this Advent time. In that narrative, two older parents in the hill country of Judah, Elizabeth and Zechariah, are told that they are going to have a baby who will grow up to become John the Baptist. 
Now fast forward about six months to our scripture today, and it picks up in a different part of the country, Nazareth of Galilee. Here, the focus of the angelic announcement is not on a couple, but an individual, Mary. The news of a baby for Elizabeth and Zechariah had been a deep desire of their hearts, a long-awaited answer to prayer. But the angel's announcement to Mary was a complete surprise. God sends this messenger to her completely out of the blue. Now, research has shown that Mary was a young woman. We believe that she was somewhere between the ages of 13 and 15. She came from a fairly ordinary peasant family who were very religious. And she was engaged to a man named Joseph, who was a fair bit older than she. So this young woman is going about her daily life when one day, suddenly, an angel appears before her. The angel greets her by telling her that she is favored and the Lord is with her. Incidentally, this greeting echoes the words of Hannah from the Old Testament prophet Samuel, his mother. And the greeting also par parallels in the Gospel of Matthew the promise that Jesus' birth will be the promise of God's redeeming love through the name Emmanuel, God with us. But greetings aside, Luke tells us that faced with this angel before her, Mary was much perplexed. Or another translation says that she was greatly troubled. Yeah, there's an angel standing in front of her. And as if that isn't enough of an overwhelming situation, the angel tells her that God favors her and that she will have a baby before she's married to Joseph, and that the baby will be the son of God. Gulp. Hold on a minute. I'm going to what? And my baby will be the who to what now? But here's the thing. Mary was amazing. After receiving this groundbreaking, truly life-altering news in just a short time, three verses in Luke, she responds with inspiring confidence and faith well beyond her years. Okay, God, let's do this. Now, of course, Luke says it much more poetically than I just did. In his words, Mary says, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Wow. Who among us might respond with such devotion to God, given a similar announcement in our lives? But here is what it comes down to. God takes ordinary people, gives them a call to serve, promises to be with them, and then they are empowered to do amazing things. God makes ordinary people extraordinary through God's plan of salvation for the world. 
There's a story about a little girl standing with her grandfather by an old-fashioned open well. They had just lowered the bucket to draw some water to drink. Grandpa asked the little girl, where does God live? The old man picked up his beloved little granddaughter and held her securely in his arms as they looked down. Look into the water, he said, and tell me, what do you see? I see myself, said the little girl. That's where God lives, her grandfather said to her. God lives in you. God lives in all of us. Each and every one of us are blessed by God, and yet it's so hard for us sometimes to acknowledge those blessings. God works in our lives, blesses us, and often it doesn't look like what we think it should or could. We bargain with God often, okay, I'm willing to accept your blessing, God, but what's in it for me? But Mary was different. Lutheran pastor Nadia Boltz Weber says this, Mary deserves our devotion because in her we see what casting our lot with and being blessed by the God of Israel really looks like. Namely, that being blessed means seeing God in the world and trusting that God is at work even in things we can't see or understand or imagine. Having a faith like Mary's is a faith that truly believes in the deepest part of our very being that nothing will be impossible with God. Often it comes down to small acts of kindness that we do out of love, which make a world of difference for those around us. There is a story told by Macrina Whitaker in her book, A Tree Full of Angels. I witnessed a little girl in a bus station helping her younger brother to get a drink at a water fountain. Attempting to lift her brother to the proper height for him to drink proved to be impossible. I was just at the point of offering them some assistance when, quick as lightning, she darted over to a shoeshine man, pointed to a footstool he wasn't using, dragged it to the water fountain, and very gently lifted up her thirsty brother. It all happened so fast, and it was so simple, yet it turned out to be a moment of beauty that became a prayer for me. So much to be learned from such a little moment. Perhaps what touched me most was her readiness to seek out a way to take care of the need without waiting to be rescued. It was a moment of beauty, a small child with a single heart. To be a people marked by the faith of Mary is to be a people who say, I may not understand what's going on and my life isn't going to look like one that I would choose out of a catalog. But I trust that God is at work in all of it. I trust that God is at work in all of us. Blessedness is being used for God's purpose 
more than it is getting what I want or things being easy. Christmas itself isn't about getting what you want or making sure that you're giving others what they want. To experience Christmas is to trust that God can do this thing again. God can do this work of being born again in me, in you, and throughout our broken and beautiful world. One more story. Once upon a time, there was an abbot of a monastery who was very good friends with the rabbi of a local synagogue. The abbot found his community dwelling and the faith life of his monks shallow and lifeless. Life in the monastery was dying. He went to his friend and wept. His friend, the rabbi, comforted him and told him, there's something that you need to know, my brother. We have long known in the Jewish community that the Messiah is one of you. What? exclaimed the abbot. The Messiah is one of us. How can that be? But the rabbi insisted that it was so. And the abbot went back to his monastery wondering and praying, comforted and excited. Once back in the monastery, walking down the halls and in the courtyard, he would pass by a monk and wonder if he was the one. Sitting in the chapel praying, he would hear a voice and look intently at a face and wonder if he was the one, and he began to treat all of his brothers with respect, with kindness and awe, with reverence. Soon it became quite noticeable. One of the other brothers came to him and asked him what had happened to him. After some coaxing, he told him what the rabbi had said. Soon, the other monk was looking at his brothers differently and wondering. The word spread throughout the monastery quickly, the Messiah is one of us. Soon, the whole monastery was full of life, worship, kindness, and grace. The prayer life was rich and passionate, devoted, and the psalms and liturgy and services were alive and vibrant. Soon the surrounding villagers were coming to the services and listening and watching intently, and there were many who wished to join the community. After their novitiate, when they took their vows, they were told the mystery, the truth that their life was based upon, the source of their strength and life together, the Messiah is one of us. The monastery grew and expanded into house after house, and all of the monks grew in wisdom, age, and grace before the others and the eyes of God. And they say still, if you stumble across this place where there is life and hope and kindness and graciousness, that the secret is the same. The Messiah is one of us. Nothing will be impossible with God. Thanks be to God for giving us the powerful witness of Mary, the woman who said yes to being blessed by God to become the mother of the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for Mary. Amen.